Port Provost Warren of Glasgow presents the Scottish League Cup to the side that lasted the course better. All conquering East Fife. As I made my way to that pitch on Wellesley Road To sing my songs for the boys in black and gold I heard the stories about 1938 And I was just a boy and knew I'd have to wait there's broken dreams and what might have been at that stadium by the shore But those glory days of gold might return once more Hello, hello everybody and welcome to Glory Days of Gold, your East Fife and Scottish football podcast. It's going to be a bit of a different one tonight. You've got the baldy duo of Lee and Doug. How are we doing, Doug? I'm very well. How are you, Lee? Um, excellent. Much better after Saturday. What an amazing turnaround um, in your mood after seeing a, a Fife win. Uh, well, we're both there. Um, you might be wondering why there's only two of us. Um, we haven't put a hit out of Michael. He's just too busy doing soccer things, so we'll not have to listen to Over Here in Canada. Um, and you'll not just have to listen to um, Gordon's monotone voice because he's that place where Wings sang about in the Mull of Kintyre. So, just the two of us. Um, our backup war is on holiday, and there wasn't really many other East Fife fans there. But if you're if you're going to go home and away, and you'd be interested on being a, a voice on Glory Days of Gold, then please do shoot us a message on social media. We'd like to have as many backups as we as we can, but ideally we want somebody that's been to the game because trying to decipher the flow of a game via highlights isn't always easy. But before Doug and I pick the bones off our resounding win um, away at Forfar, we'll have a word from this week's sponsors. We are Maze Mortgages. We're Fife-based mortgage and protection specialists. Our aim is to provide our clients with high-quality, personal and friendly service. Our advisors have over 25 years of industry experience and have an outstanding record for sourcing our clients the products that suit their needs. Where we're different though, unlike many other brokers, from start to finish, we won't charge you a penny. Just send us a message via Facebook to find out more. East Fife Community Football Club is proud to sponsor Glory Days of Gold. Keep up to date with all our community programmes through our Facebook and Twitter pages. There are classes available for every age and ability, from toddlers to walking football. Just search East Fife Community Football Club. Thanks always to Maze Mortgages and, of course, to the East Fife Community Football Club, who have continued to provide us some some good support. Um, The Community Football Club will be coming on to the show in the coming weeks. To, to talk about everything that they're doing. So be um, keep your, your ears cleaned and peeled, if that's what you say for your ears, um, for <laughs> in the coming weeks for that show. But, Doug. Yeah. Good good win on Saturday. Did you enjoy yourself? You, you had a I, new friend with you on Saturday I hadn't seen before. Uh, no, I, I, Keith's the drummer in my band, and I, well, one of my best mates. He is... A sort of semi-part-time East Fife fan goes to a few games now and then. He'll go with us on our away trips when there's beer involved, and pretty much every four for away game, we, he lives in Dundee, so I uh, I picked him up on the way. So 
Do you know what? It's um, it's my favourite away ground. Um, Saturday continued that feeling for me. I just love it. I don't know why. Why? And... Yeah, I was going to ask you to elaborate why because that was the first time I've been in years, and I'm talking like easy ten plus years since I've been away to Far First. So it was good to to go back. Um, obviously, again, the result helped, but. Controversial opinion, four for Fridays are definitely the most overrated of all beverages um, or scrap. I mean, to, to be fair, I'm not basing my favourite away ground purely on the delicacy on offer in the pie stand, but I don't know. There's something about, there's just something about that ground. I love how the, like the tunnel, like the little sort of downslope onto the pitch. I just think it's a really neat ground. I think it's kind of everything I would want as an East Fife fan in the ground in May is it's got quite tidy terracing behind both goals. Yeah, I just, I've, I've always loved it. I've no idea why, but it's always been probably my favourite away ground. Not necessarily favourite away day, but it's, as a ground, it's, uh, yeah, I just really like it. Obviously, it's a, it's always a shame it's a plastic pitch, but yeah, just, and, and do you know what? I might be wrong, but I always feel we've got a pretty good record up there. So maybe that helps, the fact that we win quite often when we go there. That's one for Stephen Mill um, or any other statlers if you're listening. What is our record up there? That would be a very good one to know. Yeah, I, I, I get what you're saying about the ground. It is a very traditional Scottish football ground, if you want to call it that. But the one thing that I would say is it was very clean for the, the terrace and that there was not, wasn't loads of garbage to, for, for Michael's sake. Um, Speed across the terraces. I thought that even the bathrooms and stuff were, were pretty clean, which again, in Scottish football, will be not always the case. You're almost making that out to be a bad thing, Lee. Do you prefer? I'm, disapp- it to be I'm dirty. disappointed there was no shite smeared on the walls, if that's what you want me to say. You, you prefer it dirty, is what you're saying. I wouldn't say dirty, but uh, like there's, there's, there's grounds. I, I think that, that like far, far is a very good away day, but it's funny because as we were going up, Isla was telling me that it's like one of the grounds she hates the most going to. Really? I, I wonder if it's just because, like, I mean, Isla's a, a home and away fan and has been for years, but it's probably just the amount of times that you've been there, it probably feels like a second home. Yeah. I, actually, in many ways, I wonder if that's part of it for me because I've been there so often that, I don't know, it's the same, like, I, I used to weirdly love First Park at East Stirling and that was like a, yeah, proper back hole, but I guess because it was not that far away, and 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 it was regular to you. You'd been there quite a few times. I, in fact, generally the Angus grounds I like. Yeah, I quite like I like Gayfield. I like Lynx Park, and I really like uh, Brecon as well. Yeah, no, I would get that. Another ground that I, like I think I feel the same way about this ground as you feel about Forfars. I really like Oakville View. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I think that's a that's that is what I would dis- describe as a as a proper ground. Like I love the like the cow shed behind the <coughs> excuse me behind the goals. Um, yeah, and it's, it's it's just got a proper like family feeling to it there. Like although the one thing is the cowbells, they're an absolute nightmare. I don't know if they. I, I wonder. I wonder if it's really just. It's probably any ground that kind of has that old Bayview feel where it's like terracing and kind of surrounded, which which they all are, really. I suppose yeah. you, as soon as you go to your, your Bayviews, your Dumbartons now, it just doesn't it just doesn't feel right, does it? Yeah, There's something like, about I, standing at a football game. Yeah, I, no, I, I do agree. I do enjoy that. Like, 
I mean, my, my the days that I really don't like are like the Clydes and the Airdrie's and just going to empty, soulless grounds. Uh, whereas at least yeah. with these ones, like don't get me wrong, the atmosphere at Forfar isn't exactly great, is it? Like people could say that Bayviews are a bit of a cemetery at times, and I can tell you that the Forfar, aside of the the fans, which will will come to, I'm sure at some point, um, who are outstanding comedic value um, this weekend. Um, no, I could totally get that, but. Let's get to the point that we're, we're here to talk about. A really good victory. Give me, give me a, a summary of the game. Um, I mean, look, I'm going to start with it. I'll start with a negative and just go Forfer were awful. Yeah. Like they were really, really bad. So I don't want, I don't want us to get carried away. On the flip side, I thought we were excellent. I just thought we completely dominated dominated that game bar bar probably a sort of 10 maybe 15 at a push spell when we were three nil up where you where I just felt we switched off a little bit and it was it was all a bit too easy and then they scored and it kind of we had a wee difficult spell after that for five and you thought oh if they get another one usual negative thoughts but really when you break it down on chances I mean we could have scored seven or eight really yeah. I, I, I thought Pretty much, pretty much to a man, we were excellent. I mean, I was thinking about my three two ones. I thought about it on Saturday. I thought about it yesterday. I thought about it today. We're recording on Monday, and I think I've changed my mind five times at least, at least. Which is such a, it, 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 it's, it's that's such a great thing to have. And I just think all it showed on Saturday was when young players who are talented and we've not questioned their talent over the last few weeks get confident, then they can go. And I, I mean, I thought that was, it was our best performance of the season that I've seen anyway. Yeah, I mean, like for me, between that and the Elgin game are probably the, the two best performances we've seen. But I think for me anyway, the, the game was almost decided before it started because I've been screaming for us to play two up front all season. We played two up front and lo and behold, we scored goals. Now, don't get me wrong, it was definitely helped by the fact that Forfar are tragic. Like, if, if, if East Wave fans are feeling sorry for themselves, just imagine how shite it must be to be a Forfar fan just now because they are awful. And they've got a few good players on their side. I mean, the, the goalkeeper I still maintain is the best keeper in the league. Sorry, Flem, but he is. Um, you know, they've got um, Matty Aitken, who the Forfar fans despise for some reason, but I think that every time I've seen him anyway, there's definitely the, the bones. Is that, that's player. the big striker? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think I think he's a sort he's a sort of player I would love at Bayview, but yeah. I could imagine if you're pinning your hopes on him scoring goals, it's probably not the best thing. Yeah. But that classic kind of... I'm going to say Duker-esque, which sounds maybe a wee bit over the top, but in terms of just just going to win. I mean, he won a lot, you know, and just held off defenders really well. Yeah, I always quite liked him, but the Forfar fans definitely did not. I mean, they no. definitely did not, which um, was interesting. If you thought that the Forfar fans didn't like Matty Aitken, they definitely don't like Mark Doherty, um, who again will we'll come to um, slightly later on, but in terms of the lineup for me is it's pretty much as close to our best eleven as you could get. 
aside of maybe that that debate about Jack Healy um, potentially being in the team with, with how he's played, but again, came on with loads of explosive energy and and really, I thought, lifted us up a level when he came on. He's just growing week by week. Um, and I've had, again, you know, happy to eat the humble pie um, that I, I probably deserve on Jack Healy. But I want to bring up Ryan Chivoni, um, and not just because I want to say, oh, you're going to play for a road or run, but more run. Won't you give me some gold, Shivoni? And which he did. Um, and his first start in, in what's felt like weeks, he comes on and I always feel like there's definitely the bones of a player there, but I didn't feel that he had a lot of goals in him. But, you know, I think that for as easy as his goals were for him to score, he had to find the space to score them as well. Yeah, I, I, thought, I thought he was excellent. I mean, the thing with Shivoni for me is, He's quite a powerful guy. Like he's, he's, you know, for a young kid, really, you know, he's got a bit of height on him. He's, he's good in the air, but he's quite explosive. And I thought him and, I mean, him and Shepard really caused, caused their, their defence a lot of problem. I mean, I can't remember the defender's name, but they've got one real slow sort of laboured defender who wins everything in the centre half, but he's, he can be done on the ground. But do you know what? I mean, People say, yeah, there were two, not tappings, but not far off. But you've got, I'm going to sound cheesy here, but you got to be in the right, you know, you got to be in the right place at the right time. And I just thought, again, it was a confidence thing. He just looked super confident and everything he was kind of doing was coming off. And yeah, I thought, I thought him and Shepard were really good together, to be fair. Let's, let's talk about the first goal then, because we win the ball in the middle of the park. Um, I actually think it was maybe, was it Mercer? I think Mercer picks up yeah. the ball, um, gives it to, puts a great ball down the line, um, or or two Shepherds. Shepherd just knocks it past the boy, and like we were right in front of it, weren't we? And yeah. there was literally no like you just never had any thought that that um, Shepherd was going to lose that race. And then by the time he gets there, he's got enough time to decide where he's wanting to pick that pass. Cuts great, really well inside, finds. Um, Shivoni and and it's it's probably where I think that Shepard's maybe had one of his best games for us. Although he didn't score, he's able to do more of the dirty work because we're not just lumping balls up to him. Yeah, absolutely. I thought yeah, Mercer did very well when it. Um, I think it was kind of a fifty-fifty, and he you know managed to nick the ball and get it down the line. But he, what I loved about Shepard was. Once he'd kind of got past the guy, it wasn't like a panic, you know, quick yeah. head up and I'll just play the ball in and into a space. He took that extra couple of touches because he knew he was past the defender and just waited and then played the right pass at the right time, which was, I mean, great. It's really good composure, really good composure. And, you know, good movement. I think Chivoni kind of had darted to the back post and then stopped to, to give a wee bit of space and then tucked it away. But... It was, um, I mean, I wouldn't say we were completely dominating up to that point. I mean, Forfar had two, well, one real, real sitter of a header, uh, which was probably probably the only negative of the game for me was that we still, from a couple of set, was it both set pieces? Certainly one of them, where they had two, you know, real chances with free headers um, yeah. in the box. But so I wouldn't say it was like a absolutely 100% deserved opener, but I, th- I thought we shaded it. But from that point, there was there was no doubt in the result at all. Yeah. I, I said before in the game to my dad, um, who was with us, like, whoever scores the first goal in that game, we're going to go on and win. And I think it was 0-0 at that point. So 
yeah, I said it to him after the game started, but before we scored, whoever scored the first goal um, was going to win the game. And, and after we scored it, I didn't actually ever feel like that was going to be wrong. The other player that I'm wanting to bring up, and I've, I've written his name down here, and I've underlined it three times, and he's a he's another one who just seems to get better by the weeks, and it's Sir Alex. Um, yeah. It, it just... He's another one I have to apologise to because there's been a few times where I've thought I'm, I'm just not sure what it is that he offers, but he just he picks the ball up, and for such a young player, he's the only one of our midfielders that every time he picks the ball up, he wants to go forward. He doesn't want to go back, and I like that about him. I um, I think you're definitely right to eat a wee bit of humble pie with that. Yeah. I, I've actually been, I think a couple of weeks before um, before he's really become good, I, I, I thought he was looking good. Like He's just, there's something about him. And this, in that position, that like the engine room in a team, to just want the ball all the time and drive with it, I, I think he is that, um, I think he is that link between the, the defence and the attack. It's, yeah, I, I really do. I think he could be the, the guy that's the the creative guy that we need, to be totally honest. I think he's his confidence levels are getting better and better and better. And you can see it. He's got he's got a real strut about him. He'll get into a tackle and he'll he'll he's got quick feet and, and it doesn't matter who he's up against in the midfield at the moment, he he looks up for it. And I, yeah, I, I think we've got a really good player in our hands. I really do. And I think he we just need to get that run of games where he's he's starting every week, which is kind of happening, and it's making a big difference. I thought he was very, very good yesterday. I think it's probably taking him time to settle into this level of football. I mean, you've got to realise I've literally watched him every league game we've played, and like even from up in Elgin until a few weeks ago, he just goes missing at times. Um, but it, it could easily be because the style of football we were playing, the game was just passing him by. Whereas if we give him... Do you, not think, do you not think he was kind of more sitting with Miller a few of the yeah. games as opposed to being that guy next in front? Yeah. Because I think I think now he's got a bit more... He's probably got a bit more licence to play now than he maybe had in those early yeah. games. I don't think that sitting role really... Overly suits no. him. I think he's comfortable coming and get the ball off them, but I don't think if, if the game gets a bit nasty or a bit, I, I don't think he's your man in the in the trenches that we really want. To be honest, no. I mean, you could be right about that. I mean, it could literally be Crawford's tactics, which have kind of stifled him a bit. Um, you know, I think that also he's had to try and shoehorn Alan Trouton into the team um, to try and bring some creativity, but I mean. Trouton, for me anyway, was quite rightly dropped um, for, for this game. Because, I mean, his his form, uh, form, his form hasn't been great. Um, but, I mean, literally, that second goal, we'll just go into that now, again, was, was Alex Ferguson and, and him finding the, the space and driving it in the box to, to find the pass to, to Shiv. Yeah, I think I think Shepard had managed to keep it in at yeah. the far corner first and then um, kind of it wasn't a nothing ball to him, but again, I think he deserves a lot of credit for keeping it alive. And yeah, absolutely. And it was just, it, it's those goals that you should, you feel like you should score those kind of goals. Those, you know, relatively straightforward. Once you get in the position, I mean, the, obviously the pass was very good across and 
I mean, even an unfit Lee Gillis would have scored that one. <laughs> uh, but again, but again, like we say, Shivoni's in the right place. He's, you know, he's just waiting on the on a good ball coming across, and he got it. And it was pretty close to half time as well. So that was you felt that literally killed the game, completely killed the game. Because yeah. they're, you know, on the back of that, their fans started really lo- losing their shit, which was uh, superbly entertaining as well. we'll oh, yeah. I mean, I feel like the amount of goals that we've scored this season that have been completely down to Shepard's desire and his sort of tenacity to not give up on what looks like a lost cause to either keep the ball in or to, to get the chance to, to create a goal. I mean, for me, the, the, the Forfar fans sort of wrote him off as, you know, he'll run a lot and not do much else. He's definitely up there for player of the year for me so far. Uh, I, I think I think my I still think there'll be a lot of East Fife fans who don't like him, who don't hugely rate him. Just in terms of I think people get this idea that he's a striker, therefore he has to score, you know, 25 goals a season. I mean that that's not gonna he's never done that. But you know, I, I don't know what his most in a year is, but it's probably 10 or 15, I'd imagine, at, at best. But we're we're kind of we are sharing, we're, we're scoring goals. We are scoring goals. I mean, you look at our away form and we're scoring pretty close to two a game away, yeah, which is very home, good. Home form's a, a definite issue. But, do you know, I, th- I feel we are scoring goals and I, I think we've got we've got goal scorers in that team. There's guys that you feel will get goals. Do you know what I mean? You're, whether it's Healy, you know, Baldi's not quite done it yet, but you feel there's maybe a bit more to come in that terms. I, I, yeah, so I, I I don't think I'm not worried that Shepard's not necessarily scoring tons of goals, but he's chipped in with a few, and I just think is he busies defenders and he, he they know they're in a game, and that frees up space for so many other people to get involved, yeah. especially that second half when we started. It was like a total strut; everyone was on a strut, and it was just like he, everyone just looked amazing. It didn't matter who came on; they all looked fantastic because by that time, Forfar were all over the place, but. It was, uh, yeah, no, it was very good, and, and I think I think Shepard's been, yeah, hundred percent, been up there with our best players, and he he makes he makes a big difference because he's physical, and it's what we've lacked for a long time. That guy who's just going to get stuck in and you know boss defenders yeah. and stretch them all over the place, and it does. It makes a huge difference. Goals aside, it makes a big big difference. Yeah, but let's move on to the second half because. Arguably, in fact, not arguably, 100% in the moment of the game has got to be the own goal. And again, we'll bring him up again. Sir Alex says it's down to him, really, because he picks up that ball in the end of the box. And where in the past I've seen players wimp out of trying to get that touch in the ball, he just does enough to knock it past. Doherty obviously thinks he's going to pass that back to McCallum, who's going to hoof it up the park. But the ball just nestles in the net, and and it was... I don't know about you, but it just felt so bizarre in the moment. Like, did we even celebrate that or did we just laugh? Do, do you know what? It actually reminded me of the Queen's Park goalie one. Yeah, that's you right. Know, yeah. We're just like, we're just like oh, 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 I don't know what happened there. Something happened, something happened. When you yeah. actually what? I mean, at the time, it was a little bit of a scramble and I can, I can only assume he's just kind of lost his bearings a wee bit, you know, which was comedy because he... He certainly talks a good game, Mark Doherty. You hear him, he's shouting away on the pitch. And again, the four fans were 
we're not liking him. I never liked him at East Fife either, especially after his Penenka attempt against our Arbroath, which uh, ruined my birthday that year. Uh, not that I'm bitter. Not that I'm bitter. But no, it, it was it was it was pure comedy. And it, to be honest, I mean, what was that? The fifty second, fifty third minute, something like that. Yeah. It. it I mean, scoring just before half time and pretty much just after, you know, just put the game to bed and let the the atmosphere around the ground from the home fans just kind of killed them a wee bit. To be fair. Let's go on to that because I mean, we we had a great spot for listening to the, the Forfar fans who quite rightly aren't happy with the managerial duel in there. And I mean, I don't know about you, but after the shit he gave us at the home game, it was good to double down on that. Yeah, do you know, I, I feel for them. I really, I do feel for them. I like, obviously I like the ground, but I, like, I, I kind of like Forfar. I like the kind of, as I say, I've always, I've always quite liked Angus clubs. I, I, it, would, it would definitely be it wouldn't be good for me if they go down uh, in terms of um, sort of bigger clubs or clubs that was, are synonymous with lower league football. And they've not been a struggling team ever really for her. So it would be it would be kind of like the breaking one. It would be a bit of a, for me, it would be a bit of a blow if they went down in terms of Scottish football as a whole. But I mean, look, it, as poor as we were like last season at times, Kind of nothing on that. I mean, it was it was nice in midfield. And I actually thought the only... We, we occasionally gave him a wee bit too much room in midfield for me. There wasn't quite enough squeezing of the play at times, but just never looked like doing anything. Never looked like it. As I say, that I thought their full-backs weren't great. You know, as I say, their big centre-half's not quick enough at all. And they just didn't look... Really looked like troubling us much. At, but... Tactically wise, certainly in the second half, it was just lump to the to Aitken up front. Yeah, and we've all but we've all been there. So, but the, I mean, there was one guy in particular who had like a ponytail. I don't even know yeah. behind us. I mean, he well, he was he was brilliant. Like his one liners were just just so quick and anytime because he he was like, oh, just blow that fucking whistle ref, and we were like, no, no, we want four or five. And he's like, <laughs> oh, you'll get four or five. You'll get four. Or five. But I, as I say, I, although it's funny and I enjoy it, I, I just always feel for fans because that it's it's us. Quite a few weeks ago, it was us last season. It it's, could be us again this season. Who knows? So it's uh, it's it's difficult, but it's funny when it's not you. Yeah, I mean the the stick that Mark Doherty was getting was insane. To be honest, considering he's only been back there a couple of weeks. Um, you know, worst player they've ever seen at Forfar and blaming everybody else and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, it's, it's quite clear to see that they, they weren't a fan of him. Um, but you've got to think, I mean, I'm surprised that um, Irvin's still there, to be honest. I think I thought that might have been the result that they eventually um, sort of stumped him out. But equally, you know, there, there's not a lot of managers kicking about just now. No, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what his background really was. I mean, was Irvin, uh, I don't know, has he been a manager before? I, I don't really, I'd never really heard of him, to be honest. But I just think, yeah, because a lot of people kind of look at like a season. And I think reading on Pine Bover a lot, for fans are like, well, it's not this season, it's this year. You know, like the whole year, including last. 
they've just not been good. I mean, I think his win record's horrendous. It's like two and 20-something. It, it, it's pretty bad. And although it's, although they're not, it's not like they're marooned at the bottom, I guess that's what might save them. But you, you don't want to get marooned in this league because in that sort of bottom lot, you know, body rigor sinking a lot, which might help them. But this, you know, like like we said at Albion Overs away, I mean, they were pretty good. And, you know, they're picking up wins and Elgin have come on to a game. You know, you could get cut adrift a little bit. To be honest, although I'm saying, obviously, I don't, I wouldn't want Forfer to go down. It would be nice to get someone starting to get cut adrift a wee bit, though. Yeah. Because it's, you know, even like the two games that are on tomorrow night, you know, if results go X number of ways, then it get, just gets tightened up again. And you really want a whipping boy would have been lovely. I don't think we're going to get that. No, I mean, to be honest, at the start of the season, I actually genuinely thought that there was a good chance that that was going to be Elgin. But I mean, the, the thing that Elgin have got that not many people have in our league is an out-and-out goal scorer. I mean, Kane Hester, for me, yeah. is arguably the best player in the league. Um, well, I mean, but, but he's been... I mean, he's one of these guys who... You wonder how they've held on to for so long. Like, he must have a great job up there, or, you know, and just... Yeah. Family settled or something like that because he. I'm he sure he's a goals. fireman. I'm sure somebody is a fireman, um, but I mean, really, if you live up there, I mean, there's no unless you go and sign for Inverness Cali, there's not really. Yeah, uh, but but I've said it, especially at this level, if you're loved by the fans, of which he will be, absolutely will be. Do you know what I mean? If it's a case of as you say, going from Elgin to. Peterhead or, or, or something. Do you know what I mean? It's like, why would you not just stay there? It's it's not going to make a huge difference money-wise. And if you're loved by the fans, it must be pretty cool. Good for him. If he's got a settled job and doing, you know, yeah. why would he leave? But he, he's one of these guys that every summer East Fifer fans are like, oh, we've got to go and sign Kane Hester. And people don't know, why would he, why would he uproot probably yeah. family and job to sign part time with these five. These are the guys that always think people need to go, but we're no, we're no going to get them. like yeah. even if we offered the Elgin fifty grand and they accept it, he's he's not going to go. But no, you hear I mean, those shouts all the time. Yeah, there's every chance that he could go to a Cove or he could go to uh, maybe even a Montrose. Um, you know, yeah. a team like that where yeah, actually it might make sense for them to commute. Um, a team that maybe trains in Aberdeen or something like that, that might be a little bit easier for him. But yeah, he's not going to travel down to Edinburgh to, to, tra- to train with us twice a week. I mean, and John Robertson did that and that didn't last very long either, did it? So, I mean, yeah, look, I mean, in, in terms of finishing up the, the game, you know, Han Ratty takes his goal very, very well. Um, you do wonder if maybe Flynn could have done a little bit better? I think I heard Liam... Shouting over to Fleming at the end that that apparently it took a bit of a deflection that took it wide of him. I don't know whether I couldn't really yeah. see it on the highlights again, but I think it might have come through a couple of bodies and it was it was a bit, but it was just that wee spell, wasn't it? And I, and I actually felt the only criticism I had of Greg McDonald in that game because you know he's certainly he's certainly put his hat in the ring with that for sure. Was I felt he could have made a couple of changes a wee bit earlier. Because it just started to get away from us, and we didn't quite react until they until they scored. Yeah. But I mean, that last sort of seven or eight minutes. I mean, 
that was really where you're watching young kids just loving it. Yeah. Because I thought Taylor Stephen when he came on was, was brilliant. brilliant. Absolutely yeah. brilliant. I thought Trouton when he came on was actually really good. Baldy was great the whole game down that side and he, he had a I'm not gonna call it a dive, but he certainly he went he down quite quite easily and the ref gave a foul and he, he gave the seething for fan a wee smile, which uh, was very amusing. Um, but then like Healy came, I mean Christ Healy's shot that hit the bar. I mean that would have been goal of the season like again gift wrapped, gift wrapped and done. Yeah, well, I don't exactly. know. He's one against Stenhouse Muir. He's one against no, no, no. Uh... absolutely. No, no, I think <laughs> I think he, he barring something ridiculous, he's gonna he's gonna win goal of the season. But but that, you know, just seeing them strut their stuff like that was great. I mean, Healy literally when he got the ball was just like, Oh, I'm I'm excited. Like yeah. I was excited, he was excited. It was like this is you know, he's gonna do something here. And to be honest, by the end. If it had been if it had been five one, I don't think anyone would have had any complaints. Well, you've got to think. I mean, Trouton had a guilt-edged goal robbed of him. It was um, the keeper actually. Did you watch it? Ridiculous kick. I mean, that that is unbelievable. Save of the season. I mean, that was like, you know, what was it on Street Fighter? It was like spinning bird kick. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it was like when I watched because at the time I think there were people were like. What a, you know, how's he missed that? And I, I'm sure I said to someone, I was like, I think someone cleared that. And, but you see it on the replay, replay, it's like, holy cow. It's, it's, it's um, unbelievable. 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 I mean, I mean that that should have been a goal. Healy's chance, if that's an inch lower than it's in. Um, he's also made a great save from Aaron Steele from a header who just, you know, every time you get a corner, I'm like, Aaron Steele header, we're going to score here. Um, and one week I'll be right. So let, let's wrap, wrap the game up, Doug, and shall we do our 3 to ones gentlemen? Oh, yeah, shall. okay. On you go. Uh, honestly, yeah, it's very, very, very difficult. I'm going to change my mind again. Actually, yeah, okay. Um, one point I'm going to give to Shivoni, which is ridiculous because he scored two, um, mainly because the finishes weren't difficult, but again, got in the right place, right time, and just played very, very well. And that this is no slight in Chaboni getting one point because there's I could have given it to almost everyone. Uh, two, I'm going to go Ferguson. Uh, just like we've been saying, I just I just like him. There's someone really good about this kid. I think he's he's potentially very good. <sighs> Why have I given him two? Why have I not? Um, I think I'm going to go Shepherd three. Just because I felt he, in the big moments, made it happen. I, I can't believe I've not given any points to Baldy. I, at the time, I thought Steele and Denham were very, very good. Very, very good. Because they did handle the big guy very well. I could, yeah, I could have given it to so many people, honestly. So that that's kind of made up. That's completely different what I was thinking of, of the last three days. Doug Perry, for the first time ever, our three to ones are the exact same. Oh, um, really? Yeah. Um, I, I, I actually feel so sorry for Shivoni that really, outside these goals, which he took very, very well, and again, real great presence of mind to be in the positions to finish them, I felt that Ferguson 
and Shepard just did more. And I think that this episode should literally be called With Apologies um, to Steel and Denim because those pair were absolutely brilliant for 90 minutes. I mean, to compete with Matty Aitken, who's a big physical presence. I mean, you said that he won a lot in air. I actually also feel that Steel won a lot in air. Oh, no. Absolutely agree with you. I mean, the other other one I would say, I thought Liam Newton was very, very good. Kieran Miller, very good. good game. Oh, do you know what? Kieran Miller was in my three two ones as I left the ground. Yeah, because I thought he's not quite been up to it the last few weeks. Maybe just yeah. been, but he was. He really got stuck in very well. It, even I, th- I actually thought that was Murdoch's best game of the season. Yeah, agreed. I thought it was very good. I thought the fact that Mercer got booked in about three minutes against Thompson, who by the way is awful, Craig Thompson. I, I, he's quick, but he's pish. Um, but I thought the fact that Mercer got booked early, I was a bit worried, and I actually thought I thought he did quite well up against them for the you know until he went off. But there, there just wasn't anyone there where you'd be like, yeah, he he was just all right, or he was poor, yeah. really. I thought that was Baldy's best game in weeks. Yeah, and it was funny because that that um, dive, which we'll just call it what it is, it was a fucking dive. Um, he ran past, and I was like, "I'll oh, look at your uh, Oscar for next week show," and he just started laughing because it was yeah. it was definitely definitely a dive. But then he gets further up the park, and he actually gets nailed and gets nothing because the ref yeah. obviously um, was was pulling that one back. But yeah, um, look, if there's any players that listen to this show, I'm sure they don't because we talk utter shite. Um, every single one is deserve a pat on the back for that last week and, and more of the same for for this week at, at Bonnie Rig. And first question, are you going? I am going, yes. yes. Excellent. Are you going I to join on the supporters bus for a better no, I think I think we're going to go to Edinburgh and then get the bus through from Edinburgh. Probably have a couple of beers in Edinburgh and then get a, either a bus or... There's a train station-esque bank or something like that, which is about a mile and a half from the ground. Um, so there's a few options, but I'm looking forward to it. I mean, I think we're doing like a proper away day to Bonnie Rig in March where we'll stay over and you yeah. know, that sort of stuff. But I, I just love new grounds. Same. Uh, you know, and I mean, we're unbeatable away from home. So, and yeah, I, I, no, I'm away, just looking forward to it. In terms of the away league table, we are top. The home league table, we are bottom. If we can find some consistency in that home form, then... Who knows what will happen? But look, I, I suppose the next thing that I'm going to bring up is, is Greg McDonald. And I think, it's like I said to you last week, and, and I've said to a few people to put some respect on his name because the guy's done it. Um, you know, and it's not because I absolutely love the guy because I, I, I do. And even outside of the football, you know, I've, I've, I've been lucky enough to speak to Greg on a few occasions he's done a show with us and, and even sometimes just after the game if I've seen him in the lounge or whatever we'll, we'll, we'll chat away and I just I think that he's definitely made a case for himself I know that the Stirling game wasn't great but you only have to look at what they did to Dumbarton um, yeah. to, to know what a good side they are but equally I think he did something this week that I think was bold and it could be because he's he had nothing to lose, right? Really, he didn't really have anything yeah. to lose. And, and, and he changed the shape. We went almost 4-4-2. And by the way, if Greg, if it's because you listen to this show and it's because I've said it, you know, if you get the job, then I'd be expecting a, a, a chap on the door to ask me to come to your coaching team. But, you know, we, we played essentially 4-4-2. We played two up front. 
and we just went for it. And the style of football and the way of football that we won is exactly the sort that I would like to see from an East Fife team. And regardless, look, if Greg doesn't get it, whoever comes in, you know, that's the way that we should be setting up. We play 4-4-2 against Bonnie Rig next week. I fancy us. Um, I really do fancy us to, to maybe not win, but at least come away with a point. But for you, has it changed the way that you feel? Or are you still very much... Yeah, no, no. Minutes? I mean, it was never a case of not wanting Greg McDonald. I just... My main thing was I wanted us to go through the right process, which which we're doing. I mean, the club released a statement saying we've had 20 applicants for the job, you know, only three of which were me. Um, <laughs> and they're going to do interviews. That That's kind of all I wanted. And my worry with Greg was... It was the kind of semi-quick, probably cheaper option. That that was really my only concern. If Greg McDonald got the East Side job, I would be delighted for him. He's a massive hero of mine in terms of my East Side support life, was in my all-time 11. It's, but that's also slightly the worry because you never like a legend to come in and not necessarily do well because it does taint it. So if he got the job, I'd, I mean, certainly on that show, and I wouldn't, definitely wouldn't be unhappy. I just my main thing was was do the right thing, do the right process, and if if a candidate comes up that we think is the man to go for, then that's who to go for. But um, I, I will also, as a caveat, lay claim to I've been saying four four two for weeks and weeks and months and years. Um, so you're not getting all the credit for that, young man. Well, no, but as you say, if, if you manage your baldy jewel, Doug. It's, well, I was going to say it's worked for four for Ben Hackett. It's not worked for four for. It hasn't. But do not let the fact that we're politically challenged rule us out. I think let the fact that we know nothing about football rule us out. Yeah, there is that as well, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I mean, we've been, no, been playing Healy or Ferguson, we've been two of our best players in recent weeks, so... Uh, <laughs> if, if, if we... You've got to say, if we go to Bonnie Rig on Saturday and not beat them, but maybe beat them semi-convincingly... It, it, I mean, it would be hard for the board to say no, I think. Yeah. Well, I think and, that, and on that performance, I mean, I'm, it, again, it just shows the difference a bloody week makes in this stupid game we love that I am unbelievably confident going to Bonnie Rick. <laughs> unbelievably to, confident. To be fair to you, Doug, you've never fancied Bonnie Rick. And even when we, they beat us, it wasn't a 3 0 game. They weren't a good side. They just out muscled no. us. And if we could add that physical presence to our game, then I, th- I think we do have a chance. Like, So, I mean, Kev um, obviously scored a good finish, but a poor goal. The second goal for them is the one where Lewis Capaldi just out-muscles um, Aaron Steele and, and they get a tap in. Uh, the, the goal from that Dean Brett. That yeah. Dean Brett. Um, and their first goal again, it was, it was all physicality. If we could, and that's not only issue. It depends which T five team turn up because we could pass round that. Um, if oh, no, but, but, but Lee, I mean, Forfa were pretty physical yesterday. I, I, I think, I think the fact that we got gubbed by them is a good thing for Saturday because I think all those players will be like, right, that's not happening again. Let, yeah. Let's, if it is a case of brawn against beauty, let's let's make sure beauty wins. I, yeah, I, I mean, I. I picked Bonnie Rigg to go down and start the season just because I think on paper they're not a good team. There's not 
good. I don't think they're good enough players. And I, I'm actually I'm slightly surprised that their bubbles burst so quickly. Like yeah. I, I thought I thought they would get the full of the first quarter being like top or second top, and then it might start going wrong for them. But I think they've they've been found out very quickly. That's the thing you forget. So that like that game at Bayview. Whoever's playing them next week, the, that team will have a guy there watching, going right. This is what they do. So, so they get. It's not a case of only once you've played them do you find out. Teams will just get savvy to it, and I, I, I do. I mean, I, I, I mean, Forfar were very poor, but I think as it stands, I, I think it would be between the two of them to go down. And you want to put Alvin Overs in that mix as well, but depending if they start, if they sign a goal scorer, they'll do well. They just, they're just no nothing up front. But look, speaking of bubbles bursting, Dumbarton is obviously my let's all laugh at for this 100%. week. As, as, you know, it's been a while since we've used that. But I mean, some of their fans that I've seen on Pie and Bovril calling Amazing. for him to be sacked. After I mean, the, like, I, I think the problem, the problem you have with Dumbarton is they've been awful all of last year. And they were screaming for Farrell to get the sack, like screaming from a goal. He's obviously hung on to his job. I think they just made quite a few pretty good signings that just made them really strong. And I wonder if these fans are now going, right, we're starting to see the, the same old kind of tactics starting to creep in and stuff. Uh, the main thing with the laughing at Dumbarton is, as you say, it puts our result against still in the real perspective because they're flying just now. Um, so I think, you know, the fact that it was a bit doom and gloom last week, maybe it, it, it ain't so bad, but it's uh, one guy said in Pine Bowl, which I loved, it's a great way of thinking, he went, it's okay, I've gone to bed thinking that we were one point behind Sterling going into that game and we beat them to go two points clear. <laughs> that, that, that was his rationale for being two points clear, I loved that. I was like, oh, good, good, I like that. Brilliant. I mean, Again, Ryan Wallace was getting in for some stick from the, the Dumbarton fans. Again, I'm hearing them calling him a fat wee shite and things like that. And he was hooked at half time, I believe. There was, a, uh, was he? I thought he stayed on the whole game. I might be wrong. I did also hear one guy talk about rumours of like problems in the dressing room and stuff, not necessarily with Wallace, but that wouldn't be a huge surprise if uh, that little rat bastard has got his claws into into that dressing room and start to cause problems. But no, good to see. And do you know what? It's just good to see the league tightening up because there was a few weeks ago we're like, oh, well, that's that done. You know, yeah. and, and... Just goes to show uh, what a running form in this league will do, though. 100%. And, and do you know what? We have all we all said, I mean, I remember saying last year that maybe the best man to get us out of the league was the guy we ended up sacking. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it shows he's a good manager and... Yeah, it would be nice to see things just starting to get tightened a wee bit. And I tell you what, a couple of wins for us and we're not, you know, you're not miles away. So it's uh, it's good. It's amazing what a week does. It really does. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I still, as it stands, I still don't think we'll finish in the playoffs. I'm not going to get carried away. I still think we'll be fifth or sixth come the end of the season. I think your top three now, um, you know, I've got a, a group chat where, with Scott Young and, and Craig Brown, two two long time East Five fans, but you know we've sort of said that the top three 
as it stands right now, will be your top three. It'll be Stunning Dumbarton and Steny in some order. Uh, it's only really fourth place up for grabs. And I mean, on current form, I'm I'm gonna say I fancy Elgin to to get that. Yeah. Um, you know, I think I everybody think, else will be there or thereabouts. Yeah. I think I think for me, if, I mean if you offered me fifth or sixth right now, I would take it. I think I think part of it for me is if we can just it's a very, very young team. If we can keep a few of these young players, I mean, look, we're not going to keep Baldy at the end of the season. We're not going to get Sir Alex Ferguson next season. You would imagine not. Um, but if you can keep the core of these young guys that we've got tied down, you know, it it bodes it really bodes well. And because you forget, you look at guys like Denham and Steele in particular, and there's always part of you still thinks they're on loan from someone because they're really good. Do you know what I mean? Into, yeah. At that age. But you forget that they're not. They're signed by us. You know, so if they yeah. do go somewhere, we can make money. If they stay, they've got a partnership going. It's, it's gr- fantastic. I mean, we were, there is still worries about second half if one of them gets injured, but we were really worried about that at the start of the season. Really worried. Yeah. And and now it's it's actually, I feel really confident in those two. Like, you know, they're very good in the air. They've got a bit of pace about them really strong, strong guys. And, you know, as I say, that was a an area of the team that we were definitely concerned about. And, it's the fullbacks and, that let them down nine times out of ten. Yeah. Um, well, you know. that, I mean, that's, that is one thing I'll, I will say, because we, we talked about on Saturday. I mean, I, look, I've been a critic of Mercer, as you know, and part of that is our inability to stop crosses. But I was sort of saying to you, I I wonder if it's tactically that's what they're told to do because Murdoch does it regularly as well where the winger gets it and it's almost like we're just trying to keep narrow and they don't go out and try and block the cross. So I can can only assume it isn't a tactic of some form, which I don't really get, but because you see it week in, week out, don't we? The the fullbacks don't get out to the... It's almost like it's meant to be the guy in front of them's job to to do that. But you might be... It could be that. But for me, I don't know if I'm just old school, but if as a, a former career left back, haha, insert in the changing room here, mm-hmm. but your winger comes up like up the wing, obviously, and you want to try and close that gap so they, that A can't knock the ball past you or B get across in, but even if they try to get across in, you've got enough chance to get your well, my abnormally large body in front of it to get it out for a corner or out for a shy. So really you're like that that for me makes more sense. What yeah. I feel the issue is is, is I, I and I've, I've said this countless times. I don't think that Mercer's a bad footballer. I just think that what's happening is he pushes forward because that's where his strength is. You know that's what got me his move to to Queen of the South. That's what he did so well under Gary Naismith. He gets up that pack, but the issue is is we've not got anybody really there that's smart enough to switch on to go. I need to cover that side because he's gone up. And that's just the naivety of the players around him. And it could be youth, it could be, you know, can it be arsed? It could be either of these things. But we just need that person to, that player to drop back and then it doesn't look as bad on Merce. But he needs to make sure he gets back as well. I did notice, I mean, to be fair, I noticed that a couple of times when Newton had dropped in when Merce had gone up. Because at one point he ended up sort of on the right-hand side and uh, yeah. dropped in at right-back, but Newton had come in and cover. Yeah, look, 
Mercer going forward can be very, very, very good. He can be, absolutely. I just, I sometimes wonder if you fall into the trap in lower league football of you watch the premierships and, and fullbacks dominate, you know, they're, they're marauding and that's their job. And I always just wonder in a sort of 4 4 2 system whether you just kind of want two good defensive fullbacks who just defend. And that's where when Murdoch's been good, as he was on Saturday, it's nothing to do with going forward. Nothing to no. do with going forward. Just being solid, winning headers, winning tackles. Yeah. I wonder whether you need that. I know another thing we must, we must remember is he's playing on the left and he's right footed, yeah. which can't help. No, definitely not. And again, I thought he had a, a very good game on Saturday and long may it continue. But I mean, that's going to bring us roughly up to our hour. Um, which, you know, again, it's a miracle we managed to keep to these without uh, Michael McCall on. Just kidding, Mike, we'll love you and we'll hope that you come back soon. Um, we've got potential managerial interviews at the end of this week. I don't imagine there'll be a new manager in place for Saturday. Um, I'd imagine very much that the next game that any manager will be taken care of would be Stenhouse Muir away in the Cup, um, which is the twin. 22nd? 22nd, yeah. Yeah, 22nd. So, um, you know, Greg has got a real chance to, to again, stake his claim for me on Saturday if we, if we get a good result at Bonnie Rig. Um, so we just need to wait and see. And, I mean, bear in mind, there's still potential to bring players in. There's, there's a few. I was having a look through um, the players released by clubs last... Uh, I was bored last night when I couldn't sleep. And I had a look at players that clubs had released last year and then I went on to like if I liked them to see if they found a club yet or not but there's still a few players kicking about um, so it just depends on maybe if their work situation has changed or if they're available or not so it'll be interesting to see if, if we've got enough to, to maybe bring some some other people in I mean Robin Omar has obviously come into the team um, but again not, not still needs time to recover from whatever operation it was that he got Have we have we confirmed that Greg wants a job and has applied for the job? Um, from what I understand, he's he's applied for the job. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, you know, that, no, I was just thinking that we're we're talking about this, and he's maybe sitting on no interest in being the full time manager. I think Greg McDonald loves his Fife FC, and I'll be astounded if what I've been told is nonsense. But when I, totally I had agree, a chat yeah. with him, I had a chat with him after the. Um, the Sterling, the after the Sterling game, I was covering it for the for the Courier, and I said, "Is your is your name in the hat for it?" And he he sort of didn't say no, but swerved the question. So I'm taking that as a resounding yes. Um, but look, for me, the the three front runners for the job, from just gossip and rumours, are Scott Agnew, Gary Naismith, and Greg McDonald. So. You know, I've, I've kind of made it not so obvious, but I'm not sure I fancy Gary Smith back. I think he's he's a legend for what he's done. He's a legend in Scottish football. He's a lovely, lovely guy. I'm not taking any of those things away from him. I will not, be, and I'll, I'll put it down now, I will not be sad if he gets the job, right? I'm not against it. I just think I would rather it went to either Greg McDonald or it went to Scott Agnew. I think that yeah. what what I, I actually if that if if that's the three we're going for right now, 
I, I don't think I'd be upset with any of them to be too, in many ways. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I, I think, oh, look, we've touched on this last couple of weeks, but I think Agnew's got good contacts. He, he was a very, very good footballer at a part-time level for a long time. And there's something exciting about giving a guy his first job who's obviously yeah. ambitious and want, really, really wants to become a manager. Um, I think Greg's just an absolute legend, so um, it, it maybe makes it difficult, but at the same time, um, would I back absolutely back him? I mean, it would be, you know, a, a quite a beautiful moment to see Greg McDonald as his fight manager. We've, we probably knew that would happen 10 years ago, at least 15 years ago. And if it's Guy Naismith, you know, he's been there and done it with us before and he did a hell of a lot of an unbelievable things to this club in yeah. the time he was there that can't be under understated. Um, yeah, I, I, it's good. As I say, that's, that, that's, but that's what I want. That's what I want all along. And that, do you know what? In that 20 applications or 19, if you take mine away, it's, that's good. That's amazing. There might be someone in there that we've not even thought about that when he gets appointed, we'd be like, holy cow, that's a great appointment. But that's yeah. what we want. Absolutely. Yeah. All we yeah, wanted I mean, the board to do it the right way, which they've done, so fair play to them. And now it's up to them to appoint the right man. Although I must admit, right, and I'm sorry if you're one of these people that say this um, on, on Pie and Bob, well, I think it's Pie and Bob, it could have been Twitter, I wanted to, it made me laugh. It was somebody that had absolutely destroyed the board for not interviewing. And then... I can't remember which channel it was on. Then came out and went, it's an absolute shambles. We've not appointed the manager already. And it was a bit like, but you yeah. wanted them to interview like these things take time. We said that when Crawford, as soon as Crawford left, that yeah. was the first thing I said was take your time. Yeah. Do it the right way because this appointment, this appointment's huge. It is, yeah. it's huge. The one thing I'll quickly say, which really annoys me. Sorry to end on a slightly sour note. See, when we lose games, these five fans, you go on Twitter, you go on all these things, and there's comment after comment after comment after comment about that was shite, total waste of money, blah, 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 blah. See, when we win, nothing. There was yeah. one, when I looked yesterday, there was one reply to the sort of last post on the official Twitter about what a brilliant performance. One reply, there might be two or three now, there must have been 14 or 15 after the Sterling loss. I hate that. Like, we can take the rough with the smooth. If the team had been really good, maybe you weren't at the game, but if the team had been really good, say so. I mean, I, I'm not on social media, so I can I can absolve myself from any blame of that, but it just annoys the hell out of me. We're so quick to moan, but if we do something right, make sure people know about it. That is absolutely hilarious that you say that. I know you're not on Facebook, but... Um, Saturday night, I, I had the exact same as you, it boils my pish, right? So I was on Facebook and there was like two comments and I just went on, I was like surprisingly quiet or something like that, I said, um, and well done. Because like I don't typically comment on the, the Facebook page because um, personal reasons, I just don't like doing it. But I was a bit like, I can't believe that people won't, you know, it's it's almost the 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 reverse of a happy clapper. It's like wallowing in death, like depression. You know, like happy that we lose almost. It's like it's giving you an excuse to go on and, and moan about it. Whereas I'm a bit like, just get it's almost that. Um, it's almost that thing where people talk about 
oh, I go to the football to get rid of my week's annoyance from work and all this pesh that you hear. But yeah, yeah I think I think for me, just take the rough of the smooth. And if losing, which like we said last week, if losing football games really destroys you that much, don't support East Fife. Simple as that, because we're going to lose a lot of football games, sadly, folks. Yeah. My final thought is, fuck you, Dumbarton, because your lack of scoring a single goal on Saturday helped me at £263. Get it up, yes, and I'm glad you got pumped. Um, but I, yeah, did have one, I did have one final thought, was just a little reflection on the Scotland group. Lee, what was, oh, what's your yeah. thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it doesn't really matter, does it? Because we've got our playoff play sorted. I don't think that Spain are the team they were, but however, I still have very good players. Norway are just, you know, sort of 10 players from Thailand. Um, but again, a very, very good player. I, I still think we could finish second in that group. I think the oh, North- I think, yeah, I, I think we'll be, I think we're favourites to finish second, not just the fact we're second seeds, but um, at the time it was funny, I was watching it live and just my mate, we were both talking about the pot three and we were just like, not Norway, not Norway, because look, Norway aren't great, but Haaland's is great. And, and the problem is when you've got a player like that, he can win it on his own, really. But I, I think Scotland are a different animal. I, I would actually fancy us to really give Spain a proper game at Hamden, for sure. I don't yeah. think Spain are in like the, the, the slight thing is, I know we've got the playoff thing, but you see some of the group. I mean, Wales' group is absolutely... And because and, top two guarantees your qualification. So finish second and you're guaranteed qualified. So it's... Yeah, I, I think it, it could have been a lot better, but I don't think it's... Yeah, I think it's very doable. Yeah, I mean, really, like I'm, I'm just looking at some of the the Norway players. You forget Odegaard's there, who's class. Yeah. Um, you also forget that they've got the boys at uh, Sorloth that plays up front for Sociedad. That's that's having a really good start for them. So they've definitely got good players, but so did Serbia. You know, so did Ukraine. Yeah. You know, that I don't think that we've got to really fear anyone. And I fancy us any time we're at Hamden. Um, you know, but again, we've had some of our best, you know, ever results in our history away from home. You know, if you, yeah. if you go back to France, um, you go back to England at Wembley, you know, going back a few years now. But I mean, we've, we've, we've had certainly a lot of good away results as well. And judging by our team, I don't think that we should fear anyone. No, not at all. I actually think, I think a lot of teams wouldn't fancy getting us. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It, it, the way we're playing now. And actually, out of all the pot one groups, it, it, Spain's not the worst shout because they are, they're not the Spain of 10 years ago. I mean, that that Spanish team that played us, that beat us 3-2 at Hamden when Naismith scored a couple, I mean, they were unreal. Like Alonso and Xavi and Busquets, all these guys were, that was proper football team. So I think now it's different. The twelfth of October, two thousand and ten, nine. Right, I reckon that game was. I, I think it might be ten because I think, I think they they were Euro and World Champions at the time. Yeah, which so was two thousand ten. They won, wasn't it? It'll be there or thereabouts because that night I was actually in Glasgow, um, and I was at a Brandon Flowers gig. I couldn't get tickets to the Scotland game, so I bought tickets to see Brandon Flowers instead. And also, it was the day my dog was born. So that day is always stuck in my head because I remember getting the results when they were coming in. So, yeah, that was was a 
a long time. It'll be 13 years ago um, in two days' time. So there you go. Excellent. There you go. And aside of nonsense football chat and Brandon Flowers worship from myself, that's all from Glory Days Ago this week. Thank you very much for joining us as always, Doug. Really appreciate it. Um, you'll find this episode hopefully available to you Tuesday, Wednesday, depending on when Michael gets around to edit it. Doug and I will be at Bonnyrigg next week, which means that we should be back um, for another episode on hopefully Sunday and get that out to you on Monday. Apologies, it's a day late. I had a splitting headache yesterday, so decided not to. I'd also played 18 holes and I was very sleepy. So I was definitely just wanting my bed last night. So that's all from Glory Days Ago. Thanks for listening. Take care, stay safe, and more importantly, Monday Five. Warren of Glasgow presents the Scottish League Cup to the side that lasted the course better, all conquering East Fife. As I made my way to that pitch on Wellesley Road, to sing my songs for the boys in black and gold, I heard the stories about 1938. I was just a boy, I knew I'd have to wait Now there's broken dreams and what might have been At that stadium by the shore But those glory days ago might return once more